Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone, and welcome back to episode number five of the Port Chat podcast, uh, unofficially the greatest podcast to come out of non-league football. Uh, coming up this week, we'll look back at what's been a good week on the pitch for the Sandgrounders, a two-all draw against High Flyers Brackley, followed by a professional 4-0 win against Farsley Celtic. Then, alongside all the usual good stuff that everyone knows and loves, the news, the updates, uh, we'll look ahead to tonight's clash with our friends from Norfolk, Kingsley and Town as they visit the Northwest Coast before all eyes are on Wembley as we kick off our FA Trophy journey with a home game to Curzon Ashton next Saturday. So before I question whether we'll ever have an away game again, I think it's time for some introductions. I'm Mike Rimmer and joining us as ever are Dan Bond, James Cave, Noel Warren, Dan Hayes and Nicola Cave. So once again, I think it's fair to say thanks everyone for the um, positive feedback. I know you want to say a few bits, Dan, but... Thanks to everyone for not abusing me on Port Chat. It's much appreciated as ever. Yeah, we've had some really, really positive feedback over the past few weeks, haven't we? Um, we've all loved doing it so far. Really pleased with it. Surprised how many people have listened and then taken the time out to talk to us about it as well. We've had to cover some quite difficult topics, but we've been told that we've done it sensitively, even-handed, and despite prattling around uh, professionally. Uh, so thank you to all those who have reached out to give us some feedback um, it is an independent podcast, but we all work towards the same goal. So we, we will share club news, we will promote club events, but we're also entitled to our opinions. So equally, you're entitled not to agree with them and not to listen to them at all. Football is a game of opinions, though. We all want what's best for Southport Football Club. We're doing this because we thought it'd be something the fans might want and it helps to keep people engaged with the product and we're really pleased with the response. But if there is something that you want us to discuss, please let us know and we will do our best. Life is busy. We've all got different priorities, but we all love the club. Um, and we recognise that all fans are different. Someone's opinions no less valid if they can't travel home and away or they can't attend every home game or they've only supported the club for two years versus someone who's watched since 1950. But that probably segues nicely into having a look at what we've all been doing this past week because I know someone has been on his travels. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I missed I missed the Southport game. I missed the professional performance against... Uh... Farsi Celtic, which we'll obviously cover in a bit. Uh, but I went to Berlin for the day to watch Hertha Berlin play uh, FC Köln. Uh, it was a really, really good day out. And it cost me barely anything compared to, you know, compared to what I'd spend on maybe a Southport away day down south. Um, it was a cracking day out. I flew out from Manchester in the morning, flew back in the evening. I was absolutely shattered when I got home. But it was an amazing day out. And everything was so cheap about Germany. Everything was so lovely about Germany. Obviously, if you're a video listener, which none of you are, because we don't, we don't <laughs> want to see my face. Um, I do have a scarf as well, which I've got around me, which is it's, it's always it's always nice to have. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing day out. And anything goes in that country. You can have a pint while you're watching the top tier. I'd recommend going to Berlin, even if it's just going to the city, but definitely try and get to a Hertz again because it's absolutely amazing. Because I, I I was I obviously got to, got to the airport, London and Berlin, everything was fine. And I was like, what the heck do I do now? Everything's in German. I don't speak German. If Noel was there, it would have been great because he would have gone, oh, yeah, easy, just come here. But I was I was there like, what do I do now? Where do I go now? And it just with a bit of perseverance, I got I'm, somehow managed to buy a train ticket. I'm, I'm hope, I don't even know it's the right one because no one checked it all day. So I hope it was the right one. If not, I've stole train travel off Germany. I do apologise. I won't pay you back, but, you know, I, I do apologise. Um, but... A fantastic, fantastic city. And I got around everywhere on an electric scooter, got around all the sites, even though I was only here 12 hours, got around all the sites, got the tra uh, train to the Olympia Stadium, had a look around the Olympia Stadium, um, up to the seats, fantastic atmosphere. Everything about the day was amazing, apart from Ryanair, which we can never expect to be any good. But, you know, they, so they were... Uh... My favourite thing about Saturday was... Early in the morning, you said, "Oh yeah, I'm on. I'm on the train. I'm on the train." I said, "Which one are you on, Dan?" He said, "I'm on the. I'm on the S9." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you can either get the S9 or the S25 from the airport." Um, just, just to disclaimer, I've been to Berlin about fifteen times, um, and so I said to you, "Oh, where are you going to change?" And you went, "I have to change." I thought this takes me straight to the stadium, dear listener. It's the wrong side of Berlin for the stadium. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. uh, the fact that you said he went wandering around the city, it was it was a good job. But Berlin is one of my favourite places. It is actually the cheapest capital in Western Europe. Oh, 100%. Um, and the people are delightful. And it's actually, when you get into the city centre, it's not that big, is it, Dan? 
No, no, no. I mean, I think my obviously my train ticket from there was like an all day. I was like twenty four hours sort of you know saver all around Berlin. It cost me six euro ten, and that was including like an hour journey from the airport to the center of Berlin, and then an hour on from there to the Olympic Stadium, and obviously in reverse coming home. Um, but even like around Berlin, I think I I got one of my electric scooters like went from all the sites to all the you know the other sites. It cost me about twelve euro in total for every single like journey I did. Even the food was cheap. Even everything was cheap. I think the ticket for the match was like eighteen euro. My flights were like sixty euro. I think I think the day probably cost me about one hundred and twenty quid, if I didn't count the fifty seven pounds I spent to park at Manchester Airport. That's what <laughs> killed me a bit. The shock of just that. for twenty four hours. But what food did you have? That. What food what did you have? Uh, I had amazing bratwurst. It was inside the was ground. Was it a currywurst? Because that's the I had, I had one. Them, I had one of them in the airport on the way home. And it was like the Ryanair terminal of just like, there was only one place to get food. The queue was huge. It was about £14 for a currywurst and some chips, but it was it was fantastic. And I was so glad that I went. Um, I'm looking forward to doing obviously more cities next year, but I'd massively recommend doing Berlin, maybe staying over for the night, um, doing a Hertha game, because um, it's absolutely amazing. And I'd like to th- I'd like to thank the Berlin Tourism Board for their continued support of the Portrait Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Berlin. You have you have relatives there. You have family there, don't you? I have my brother-in-law lives in Belzig, which is just outside Berlin. I'm not sure he'd appreciate it was gate crashing though. So away from uh, away from mainland Europe, we uh, unfortunately did see the departure of Marcus Carver uh, a few few weeks ago, but he did send us a nice message. Uh, now back is um, linking quite well exotic European locations of Scunthorpe. He is back there now. He did send us a very nice message, uh, which I think is going to insert in here. First of all, uh, hello, here's Marcus Carberry. Um Just want to say thanks to, uh, obviously, everyone who's listening uh, for your support uh, since I've been back at Southport. Uh, unfortunately, had to leave two weeks early been really cold um, but no appreciate all the support that I've had and that the team's had uh, I wish nothing but the best for the Southport lads and, and the supporters and uh, now hopefully it won't be too long before I see you all again take care no, it was. It's, it's nice to hear from Marcus there. Um, I friend think the we are friend of the pod. Obviously, I think we might try and we might try and get him to actually uh, to come on a little bit in a, in a few more weeks, maybe and have a, a bit more in depth chat with us uh, if he's up for that. It'd be really nice to to hear his thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he, he, he was a real he was a real great player for South Park. I think he was well, he was probably everyone's fans' favourite, wasn't he? he? Was uh, so it's really good for him to do that and. Glad to hear him doing doing so well. And if we draw him in the trophy, if Marcus is listening, don't score against us, please. It would be much appreciated if we didn't. Anyway, back on to the uh, football itself. We've had two previous games this week, two home games. Uh, kicking us off last Tuesday, we played Brackley, who were at the time top of the league. Um, prediction results, I think it was a, it was a good week uh, for the podcast. I know I predicted one also, wasn't too far away. Most people... Predicted optimistic draws, which was uh, good to see. Um, lineup changes wise, um, started with a back four, and Anson came back with Evans. Uh, Jack Doyle was uh, back in with Carberry pushing forward a little bit with Watson on the bench. And obviously, as we just mentioned, Marcus Carver, he was out and Arch was in. And then a bit of a change at half time uh, to fight the back with Declan Evans coming on, Carberry off, and then now Watson on for Charlie Munro. So I'll open up. I think we'd have all taken a draw before the game, but in all honesty, I I, I come away a, a bit deflated after that one. If I'm honest, I feel like we we really did enough to get three points out of that one. Yeah, it was. I mean, as I say, I apologise for my for my negative prediction on that. I completely ate my words. Um, second game in the row where we've made uh, that kind of change at half time, um, kind of almost moving away from kind of what what we've kind of got used to with with Liam's uh, pre sort of tactics. So it's interesting to see the kind of impact that that really made. Because I say second half we looked like the team on top, um, and it was it was dis- felt disappointing to not not come away with all three points. Really, really good performance I thought Doyle was kicking himself at the end he um, he, he really did fall on a plate for him and I think it caught everybody by surprise caught him by surprise um, I mean it's one of those if you go into a position where 
you're gutted that you didn't win against the side top of the league, then, you know, it just goes to show how far we've come in the past month, doesn't it? I think um, reading between the lines from what Liam said after the game, as he said, um, it was kind of a pre-planned thing that he wanted to line up with that particular lineup. And then the changes that he made weren't anything really about how those players were performing. It was actually about the fact that he wanted to get more legs on the pitch, a bit more energy going forward um, later in the game. And it it worked. I have to say, I have never seen a Brackley team who've looked so vulnerable to crosses, to deep balls. Um, They're always, you know, the one thing about Brackley, it's, you know, as we've said before, it's usually a one nil, a nil one or whatever, or or a draw, a low scoring affair. They, They looked vulnerable, particularly balls in from the left-hand side and the right-hand side with the opposite foot. So, for example, people cutting in and playing those balls towards the back post. You had the Jordan Archer header when he probably had all the time in the world and didn't realise there was anything the player behind him possibly put him off. Um, and a similar sort of source was for the, the late chance that Chris Doyle I think I had a very good view of that and I know he was beating himself up. I think the problem was it came over um, a Brackley player and he mustn't have seen it until quite late. So realistically, he's he's done well to even control it. Um, it was a good save in the end. But but yeah, I was, I'm not sure I was more disappointed in them considering where they were in the league or actually more impressed with us. I only saw the second half because I was coaching the women, but yeah, that they weren't um, they weren't the uh, typical robust unit that I think we've come become accustomed to down the years. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think that the goals that we did concede, I think, were, were a bit soft, um, especially the first one where you sort of question, well, maybe maybe if Tony wasn't in goal, if someone else Cam was in goal, maybe would he have saved that? Obviously, that's always going to be sort of a controversial sort of. Uh, question um but obviously we, we don't really know what's going on with cam why he's not playing if he's fit or not um so i'll wait to hear what liam says about that uh really but yeah i i, I did i did feel like we probably you know you would have took a point before the game but after the game you do feel a bit deflated that we probably should have won that game and we probably did enough to win that game um but i think we just conceded sloppy goals which just just cost us i said after the game if we win on Saturday, that's a good point. Hundred percent. I think if you take if you take four points from those two games, I think we will beforehand. We would all have been pretty happy with that. I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree. But obviously, you know, and, and, and as it transpired, yeah, without spoilers, uh, but the 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 win turns it into a good point. But yeah, I was like. I, I, maybe it's a missed opportunity. I don't know. The the, the key the key is an interesting one. No, no, the, the the two games that we're reviewing, I haven't seen, so I'm just staying quiet, and I'm not going to be much use here at all. Um, look, to, to, Tony Mark uh, and his he, he he's a he's a well known entity around the club. You, you know, he's he's been with us. This is third spell of us now. Or, or you know, he's he's been here for ages. Everyone knows what he's about. Everyone knows what he's capable of. But the same, go- the same goes for Cam. I think the thing with the goalkeepers, I-, I was surprised that some people said on Porcher after the game, oh, we shouldn't question it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm not questioning Tony's performances from what I, in the, what I have seen. Tony's performances have, have been fine. They've, they've been great, you know. But then if, if, if Klopp dropped Allison, there'd be questions, you, you know, hmm. and... Despite the fact I'm that not, Keller is excellent, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm. But it's a. It is a perfectly legitimate thing to talk about. You know, it's not a criticism. It's not a criticism of anyone. It's not necessarily a criticism of the selection. It's not a criticism of any of the players involved. But it is surprising to some people, and people are going to talk about it. So I, I think well, it's a talking point, isn't it? Cam it, was signed it, as number one. Yeah, it, it's, so it's he an, wasn't. It's a natural question to ask why your player of the season last season has a significant kind of um, a concussion injury and then 
is never reselected or seemingly is not reselected uh, despite kind of appearing to be um back in fitness uh, so yeah. so it's, it's not a criticism of the of the of the replacement like i say i've known tony a long time and what was interesting actually was sitting in the press box on on uh, last tuesday where the um opposition some of the opposition press uh were kind of quite critical of tony uh, in the in that kind of first half, in, in his positioning, and he's, uh, he's kind of like, oh, he's like always oh, coming out again. Oh, I won't do that. Oh, and they were quite notably quite kind of uh, vocal about that. It was interesting to hear their kind of viewpoints. And then the um, I say, but, but you know, he, he's done he's done a great job, and he's made it difficult. He's made it very very difficult for Liam to. Um, to bring Cam back in, if they, you know, but equally, Cam's our first choice keeper. He's he's our number one keeper. So what? And and the I think the silence is is making the issue possibly um, bigger because there is there isn't isn't being discussed. Genuine question, and this is absolutely no offence to any of the people involved. I think what, from what I've seen in, in the games that Tony's played, he's made some excellent saves. He's commanded his box while he's communicated excellently. Hmm. And can I say also, and I know I'm jumping ahead to Saturday, I, w- I was in the paddock for most of the game on Saturday, and it was very obvious that the, both him and Cam have got an excellent working relationship and, and absolutely genuine, 100%. But would we be having this conversation if Tony Matt was 10 years younger? No. No, we wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Because in all likelihood, Tony Mack wouldn't have been signed as a goalkeeper coach stroke number two had he been 10 years younger. He would have been signed as a challenge to Cam Mason. But Cam was was signed last season with the intention that he would be our number one. He was player of the year. And therefore, as James said, it's, it's legitimate that people are asking the question. But that's not to take anything away from Tony's performances. But it's still worthy of discussion. So, man the match, um, the club went for Jack Bainbridge and then the Port Chat one was very, uh, very even. Uh, so, an even result between Bainbridge and Jack Doyle and then Crystal just one vote off it being a three-way tie. So, I mean, yeah, fair enough. You could you could have had the number of, the number of players you could have given it to last Tuesday. I think it was very pretty decent team performance on the whole. A lot of people stood themselves in, in good light to stay in that team. So, yeah. Fair enough on that one. Moving on to Saturday just gone, we played uh, Farsley Celtic at home. And it's fair to say we all went into this prediction-wise pretty confident. I know I was screaming um, at 4-0 for another one, so I got the prediction spot on. But unfortunately, I was one goal off, Nicola, though. Congratulations. Yeah. Back on top of our uh, seemingly unofficial prediction league that we've got going amongst the six of us. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was sadly, sadly, I wasn't there and I missed it. Um, I absolutely gutted to miss it. Uh, but it's, it didn't come as a surprise that uh, that it was a, a pasting, that we delivered a pasting to the, Fars- the Farsley Hordes. Do you know what? It was because if you watch the game, Farsley have actually got some fantastic players. And I said, I said this funny enough. Um, funny enough, I, I was uh, told briefly to Liam after the game, and I said, they're a bizarre side because they're almost less than some of the parts. They've got some absolutely... I mean, Frank Mulhern, what a player. I, mean, I know, I know he got great. very harshly sent off, but what a player. And there was about four or five players, and I thought, you know what, they're really good. But something about them just doesn't click. And I know they had some defensive uh, um, regular players missing. But you look at that score and you think it was an absolute hammering. And we all expected that. And you were right to say that, Nate. But it it wasn't really that kind of a game. Uh, You know, uh, obviously, Dan H and Mike, you were were both there. It it was a funny game. I mean, we, we deserved the win. We comfortably deserved the win. But there were a few awkward moments as well. There were. There were a couple of awkward moments, but it felt very routine. I don't think at any point during the game, really, I felt that we could ever give it, throw it away. We could ever lose it, really. I agree with you about Frank Mulhern. I thought he was excellent. I think he's a big, strong, powerful forward. Absolute bulldozer. Um, And I think he was very harshly sent off, to be honest. Um, But... Uh, yeah, you look. You looked across the pitch, and there were a few players that you looked at and think, ah, you know what? If they were with us, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be questioning it. They, they were decent players, and and you're right. You'd expect them really to be performing better than they are. Um, but it felt routine. You know, the 
once the, the first goal went in, you never really thought it was going to go anywhere else. But do you know what it was, Dan, for me? And I'd say, mate, you, you saw the game as well. For me, they got up a little bit ahead of steam. They put us under a bit of pressure and then promptly proceeded to shoot themselves in the foot. The, yeah. the mistake for the On first goal occasion. was probably the most hilarious goalkeeping error I have ever seen. It was unbelievable. It, it, it was needless. It was needless. Yeah, it was. I almost, I almost felt a bit, a bit bad for him to be honest, because he was. Oh, he was distraught, wasn't he? Gutted about it. He really was. And the irony is, if they didn't, I assume um, Farsley chose to um, switch sides at the start of the game. So we normally shoot towards the Jack Carr in the second half. The irony is that would have never happened in front of the Jack Carr if they, if they didn't change ends. No, I mean I was thinking yeah, we, we were laughing that they'd done it because the sun was in our eyes. And within five, well, you know, within the first half of the game, first half of the first half, the sun went away. So that problem had gone and they gifted us a goal. So it was just like, it's like they completely shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I agree very much. From, from listening to your reports, it sounds like the away game against Farsley because they were well, the first half, they were well on top and they were playing some good football. I don't think Farsley were on made... top. They, they didn't, they didn't, they looked like they could be dangerous, but they never mm. were, if you know what never I mean. Never were, yeah. They, they, but they look, they look sort of like they were playing some decent in, in the away game. They were playing some decent football, and then they started a second. They went in, you know, half time nil nil, and start a second half. They just managed to get, you know, make make free. I think it was three individual errors that cost them that game. And yeah. as you said, from what obviously reports I've heard, they have some good players, and you know, they they, they play, you know, some. I just think, I just think they just lack that little bit of. I don't know what it is. It but was every another way. Yeah. Tony made a good early save again. And yeah. that early save that needs raising. That was a very, very decent. Mm. It was it was a, a it was a good bit of football, and B it's a very important save because if they go one nil up, they can. We've seen sides come to come to Gav, go one nil up and be really able to hold in holding the game for straighters and everything like that. So that that needs mentioned. That's a really pivotal save for me. That was probably the only time in the game really where our defence had uh, let anybody through because they were extremely solid for the whole afternoon. I mean, we didn't need to change tactics in this one. You know, the, the previous games, the previous two games, we changed at half-time and it had made a difference. This one, we were solid from the off, and with the exception of that one chance that that Tony was more than adequate to to, to push away, um, they they we, we just kept them at bay. Yeah, these are these are seriously uh, where that bogey team as well. It's, it's fair to say, I mean, if you, if you look at their results... Uh, I can only think of once maybe where we've actually we've actually lost to them, uh, and that was last season when they were fighting for their lives. But just looking now, you, you see some of the clubs they've actually beaten. They've beaten Banbury three-one recently. They've lost to Chorley narrowly four-three. Uh, they've beaten Kettering. They went to Adborough a couple of weeks before we did and beat them. So there's obviously a lot of a, a lot of quality files they've got. But every time we play them, it just seems to be pretty a pretty routine Southport win, and a lot of the time by a by a fair margin of goals, like we talked about last week. Well, I mean, talking of goals, I mean, Jordan obviously picked up the, the first one from that cock up from the goalkeeper at that point, making himself the top goal scorer for, for us for the, for the season. But I've got to give a bit of credit to Niall Watson. I mean, the second half from Niall was outstanding and the two goals, Niall can get a bit of criticism for not always being composed when it comes to finishing. But that second goal was really, really well taken. Yeah, he's, he's hit a bit of a purple patch, hasn't he? Um, and he's got pace, he's got real ability. He's he's obviously someone who thrives on the confidence that he's showing. I've always thought down the years, and I don't know if anyone agrees with me, I don't think we've played Niall as much as we could have done. Maybe it was injuries, maybe it's things like that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the manager's afraid of, Appearing to be nepotistic. I've always been a big fan of Niall. But back back to when he was taking the mick out of me playing in one of the charity games when he was about 10 or something like that, um, which is easily done. But I I, I like his enthusiasm. I like his directness, um, his energy. You know, know, that that fourth goal in particular um, was just down to desire. It was down to desire and energy late in the game, and he got exact. And then composure. So both yeah. sides of the game, and I think it's not. It's at times in the past, particularly when he was a bit younger, the composure aspect was maybe lacking, uh, and also sometimes that enthusiasm may 
sometimes it, it was a little bit too much and that he was trying too hard wasn't he and correct, I, think he's, I think he's maturing into the role now I think it's difficult for some of us because we probably remember him nicking sweets off us in the press box and things like that when he was a kid but it's it's good to actually see him having developed to the, the way he has and like I say that the second goal at, at the weekend was was really really well taken and that's what we've all wanted him to do he's been putting the effort in to get into the positions and up until this season, he hasn't been taking the chances, but now he's the top goal scorer in, for, at the club uh, with, a, you know, like I say, two two excellent goals at the weekend. I would say, I tell you what, as someone as, as someone who can kind of almost relate a little bit, I know what it's like to work for your dad, um, and I know what it's like to have that kind of pressure that kind of doesn't really, it never really goes away. You want to, you, you kind of take things um, to heart a little bit more, and, and and almost they feel like they can they can kind of be a little bit more critical than they would be with with maybe well, you know other other employees, and and it, you take you take it home more at the end of the day as well. Um, you know, so so yeah, I can kind of he's he's had a he's probably had a tough run um i'd say it's it's no it's no secret that i'm a big fan of niall again known him, known him for a very long time since he was uh since he was stealing sweets off us in the press box um and it is brilliant to see him but you know he, he causes he, he causes uh uh you know defense is trouble you know he, he's he's always got a lot of energy he's always he's always uh moved about he, he works hard for it it is great to see say top scorer it's just fantastic other goal scorer from the weekend as well um, is Captain Marvel, isn't it, Mister Mister Adam Anson? Another great header. Um, I, I I love Adam Anson. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He reminds me of Scott Guyett in terms of the way he plays. Uh, I think he's just he's another one that's just really composed. He never seems flustered. Um, but it was a, a great headed finish. I mean, he's he's doing he's doing it at both ends of the pitch. He's just a good footballer. He's a he's a really top footballer. He's a top defender. He's a good footballer. Again, he's someone who is developing. A lot of these players are developing in front of our eyes and just getting better and better and better. Um, and he, you know, from from when I first saw, him, I've always thought he's a good player. But there's something that's very commanding about him. I think he he's also bulked up a little bit. Um, I remember when he first came in, I, he had a not a slight frame, but certainly slighter than he does now. But he really dominates. But it's that composure on the ball as well. He often starts off a lot of our, our attacks, and centre half is a position where I think we're very blessed. Actually, we're very blessed with with, with a real, um, you know, a, a real gallery of real excellent central defenders and and all good footballers as well. I think Deck Evans has been fantastic since he's come in. I really do. I can't believe it, how easily he's adapted to the level. Same as Keenan. Yeah. Keenan, Keenan, I think, is an excellent player and very versatile. I think he ended up in midfield, didn't he, on Saturday as well. He's good on the ball, strong, good athlete, great attitude. Um I think he's been a, a really impressive acquisition for me. And after after all that talk, we've um, we haven't mentioned the man the match's name at all, uh, and it was a pretty conclusive one on Port Chat, and the sponsors went for it as well. It was uh, Josh Amami, and yeah, as uh, as I said on my notes here, Port Chat man the match um, by an absolute landslide. It was an absolute landslide. I was very fortunate. I'd been invited to to join um, Andre as uh, with the sponsors, so I was I had a hand in picking the man of the match. And he, he Josh stood out a mile, didn't he, in terms of everything he did. I mean, the, some of the through balls that he played on on Saturday were out of this world. Um, so he was an easy choice for us, really. Um, Port Chapman on the match again. It was it was it, Josh won the voting by I think over fifty percent voted for him. Um, and that's and that's with Niall scoring two goals. So you know, all credit. It just goes to show that you know, d- doing the simple things right and and having a bit of creativity and a bit of flair doesn't go unnoticed. You don't have to be scoring the goals to to be picking up the accolades. Yeah, fully fully agree. I mean, at the end of the day, if 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 everyone can see you playing well and got a bit of flair, I mean, there's plenty of players I've noticed this season who will tally zero goals, zero assists during the match, but. You'll notice certain things you do during the game in the middle of the park. They just look absolutely fantastic. And pinpoint at that, you know, they look like they can go higher and everything like that. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a fully deserved um, a fully deserved um, man the match for Joshua uh, for Saturday. There's absolutely um, no doubt in my mind that we are a better side with Joshua Mami in it. He is a player who makes us tick. He has that little X factor. He he makes very intelligent runs. Um, 
he's you know he he works exceptionally hard and that sometimes goes under the radar but there's a real quality there um and I, I, I just think he, he is an absolutely fabulous player uh, another person whose name we haven't mentioned who I thought had a very good game on on Saturday again doing quite a bit of what you would call sort of like the the spade work, the dirt work was was Charlie Munro. Thought he had a just just kept the ball flowing, kept the ball moving, kept the game going. It's the sort of stuff that often players don't get the credit for, but it's absolutely vital. I just thought, you know, in a very understated way, he had a very effective afternoon. Do I totally agree with you? And I, I was just thinking that, you know, we up until a couple of weeks ago, we were singing the, the praises of Charlie Oliver because he was doing that job. He's he's had a bit of a knock by all accounts and he's been missing for a couple of weeks. And I'm looking at the team at the moment and you look at the role that, that, that Munro played at the weekend and you think Charlie might struggle to get back in here considering how well he played. But I wouldn't be moving Charlie if he's going to carry on playing like that because you're right. He did the hard work to, to win the ball back, to give it to Josh, to then go and create something. And then I think final thing to say, maybe a bit of, bit of notes about the uh, support of the last couple of games. I mean, I can, I've just said, uh, Throwing it up here, there were 803 fans at Brackley, and then there were 1,046 against Farsley, and that that was uh, over a thousand in the Southport end. So it's just a, it's good to see that the attendances are starting to creep up. I noticed last last couple of home games, we all had well over a thousand people at them now, which is good to see. And the support was was the right kind of support. After I know we dwelled on it a lot last week, but the support has been really good. It feels like the atmosphere. It's getting back to where it was last season, which is uh, which is really good to see as well. I um, it, it is. I, I say wasn't at the games again. The the, the usual disclaimer: the, the the two home games that we talked about, I, I wasn't there. Um, but was sort of curious and a bit worried as as to how they how they would go. So excellent to hear that. A that the supporters in that geographical area of the Jack Carr stands were all on good form. Um. I, I see there was a post on Port Chat today that um, you, you know the club have made some changes. I'm, I'm not sure how true that is, but I've no reason to doubt it. Um, you know, I, I, it, it was it was a big issue for everyone. I I spoke last week about the way in which all of the the younger supporters and the supporters in that area of the Jack Carr had always been very respectful and and welcoming and polite towards me. And, and Tuesday night was a case in point. Uh, I got there about half time. Obviously, coached the women beforehand, and uh, uh, a quick rendition of my name. So, apologies to that, everyone. But then they kept they kept saying, "Come on, come and give us a song." And in the end, the last ten minutes, I went and sang with them, and it was a really good atmosphere. There was no rudeness, there was no negativity. It was just really good. Really, I think everyone who was there would agree it was a really great atmosphere. And then at the end, a load of them thanked me for coming over. And obviously there'll be someone there who'll probably be feeling a bit of pressure. Those ones who, you know, feel maybe that they've been tarred with the brush of others. Um, and, the, and the whole collective of that, but no, it, it, there was a real gratitude again. And uh, I, I wasn't able to on, um, on Saturday cause I was deputy dog. <laughs> and, um, but it was, it was lovely and it was a lovely atmosphere and it was actually what it should be. Obviously, we don't know the veracity of the comments that have been posted on Port Chat. Um, uh, but some of the points that are, that are made in there—I I mean, I, I, talking about doormen and, and handling people robustly—they're uh, not. Then you know, from from with my day job hat on, they're not. They're not kind of things I'd you know, like. I think would help situation. Um, uh, yeah, we we see a lot of. Um, we see a lot of clips of stewards um, uh, acting in that kind of way, going viral and for the wrong reasons, and and you know, kind of contrary to their kind of role or as a, a as a um, sort of safety uh, officer rather than a, a kind of a security type um, role. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if that's true and what changes have been made, and and hopefully it doesn't kind of exacerbate any situations and further kind of cause a uh, more division, mores and them type um, atmosphere. That's the last thing we want to say because there has been there has been significant, notable improvement in in the last couple of games, which has been great to see. We 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 said it before on here, and um, there was a, a picture posted in like our little briefing group of. Um, 
a piece of documentation suggesting that that stewards are a they're a customer service role as well as a security role. There are there are grounds that you go to where the only person you you will come across will be a steward. Like not that it's a, a huge issue anymore because we don't play them, but like I, I will I would hesitate. I would be hesitant to ever go back to like somewhere like Mansfield because the only person I ran into, the only people I ran into were stewards and they were, they were assholes. They were, it was just, it was a horrible place. You know, there was a horrible atmosphere because the stewards um, took their role incredibly seriously is probably the polite way of putting it. Um, you know, and yes, we, we have a, the, the club has a duty of care to everyone in the stadium. The security and the safety of everyone involved has to be absolutely paramount um, but if we are making changes, I just hope that that customer service element is also fairly prominent in people's minds because we we need people to be safe and secure, but we need people to enjoy their day out. That's how we get people to keep coming back. Well, in which say we've we've had a, today um, the uh, Sutton United um, stewards uh, in their match at the weekend against against Bradford City going going viral because they were um, you know joining in with chants dancing you know making the experience enjoyable for the away fans and they've received an awful lot of praise uh, a lot of respect from from match going fans and you know, so, so it's you know, it's it's finding the right balance and I know it's difficult so it'd be interesting to see where where we go from here. So should we move on to the news? Yeah, some very, very exciting news this week. Massive, massive news. I can't believe I get to say this. Um, so, uh, David Ray Martin was called up to the Spanish national team for the World Cup. Um, so he's got the potential to uh, be Spanish number one in the World Cup. Um, and if he if he is, if he gets some game time, he'll be the first player to have played for Southport FC and then played in a World Cup finals game. That is massive. And because it's such incredible news, we've been out and we've got a special message from a former manager, Paul Carden. Delighted for David and his family. Um, when I was at Blackburn and I used to watch him training, he was a young keeper, probably fourth choice at the time, behind the likes of Paul Robinson. Um, but you could always see he had that determination and attitude and ability um to succeed and it just goes to show that um when players show that attitude and hunger to to go and play as david did by you know joining southport on loan um it proves what a good ground and it is for the for the career um and you know how, how brilliant is that to be topped off you know he's, he's flying in the premier league and uh he's being recognised by by his performances with a, with a call up um, to the World Cup, so like I say, mate, delighted for him and uh, and hope he gets gets appearances to show his show his ability and his worth at, on the on the top stage. So great to hear from uh, Paul talking about uh, David Ray and Martin, and we wish all of us on the pod wish um, David. Uh, Good luck, and uh, to be honest, that's the most excited I'm going to be about the World Cup. Um, other than that, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Probably not. Let's not get into that chat here. Um, he, he was he was brilliant. He was so incredible for us. Now, I don't think at the time we all fully appreciated just how good he was. Um, you know, he had the, a dodgy the, first game. Uh, uh, don't recall, did he? Yeah. Well, he, he made up for it, though, mate. I think he's he's done all yeah, right. You know, I think I forgive him. I think you know what. There's you been know. some incredible competition in the goalkeeper department at Southport over the years, but I genuinely think that he is the best goalkeeper I have ever seen at Southport. For a lad that's not even very tall, his agility is out of this world. But this is the thing, though. See, we, this is the thing, though. We've had a lot of goalkeepers at Southport over the years, haven't we? We've had a lot of really bad ones. We've had a lot of very good ones. I mean, we've talked about Dicko. We've talked about Tony Mack. We've talked about Billy Stewart. We've mentioned them all before. And they are legends. They are heroes. But in terms of raw ability, I don't think anybody can doubt that David Ray Martin is the best of the bunch. He is he's outstanding. The, the standout memory's got to be the, the the Derby County game. Oh. That was that was just it wasn't just an incredible day. It was an incredible two weeks. You know, yeah. or, the, or the, the the lead up to that game was was just totally brilliant from from start to finish. And 
Um, I still think it wasn't a penalty. I still think we got shafted. Um, I will. I'll never ever believe anyone who says it says it was a penalty. I, I've, you know, okay, 50-50. but you know, so grateful to him and everyone, everyone in that team at the time and the manager uh, Gary Brabin. Um, you know, everyone who got us there. But but he was a he was a key role in that. And you know, I, I think I know it's probably unlikely he's going to see much game time at the World Cup. I hope he I hope he does get on the pitch. It'd be brilliant if he does. Um, but you know, when England get knocked out in the quarters, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be rooting for Spain. His his achievement to even get to the World Cup finals yeah. in that squad and to get there ahead of De Gea and the, ahead of Arabaza, whatever his name is, to get ahead of both of those two. That's the one to get ahead of both of those is outstanding in itself. But you're right. I mean, you, you go back to the derby game and and he was the talk after the game on match of the day. They focused on him and his performance and highlighting the saves he made because mm-hmm. he was outstanding. Okay, looking at some other news, uh, our lone watch. Um, Woods played a, another game for uh, at Warrington, but no goals or assists in that performance. Another 90 minutes for Dylan Vassallo uh, at Rylands. Um, he's had his loan extended for another month. Are we, are we surprised to see that? Um, we've not heard a great deal about the loan, have we? I mean, I think he's gone under the radar a bit. I think that from when I checked the last game... Um, he was wearing a number three, and I'm guessing that means that he was filling in at left back, which he's done for Liam, but that's not his position. That's not his preferred position. He's a he's a creative midfielder. Um, that's where I had him. That's where he's best at. Um, he's very versatile. Um, but I think the fact that we've not heard a great deal probably says that his loan's not been as successful as Connor Woods. But it has been extended. It has been extended, yeah. yeah. So it can't have been that bad. Well, it's obviously suiting both parties at the moment, isn't it? I suspect that if we're going to be calling players back, it's going to be Connor before Dylan. Um, and I think the, the fans are clamouring for Connor to come back before they, they, they're calling for Dylan. But Rylands are obviously happy for Dylan to stay there. He's a, he's a cracking player. Moving on to the National League North Manager of the Month. Uh, that's been given to uh, Josh Gowling at Hereford um, with four wins out of the last five. Um and uh, so one of the other uh, things that is announced every month um, with the uh, the National League, something that actually is, is quite kind of important to myself, it, again, day job hat on, but I worked with the National League to develop the Volunteer of the Month Awards, um, which culminate in a Volunteer of the Year Awards that get awarded every year at their gala dinner, uh, the League Gala Dinner at um, uh in the summer, um, so I, I think it's nice to a nice addition to kind of give some of those volunteers uh, a bit of uh, recognition on the pod. So this uh, month's volunteer of the year, uh, sorry, this month's volunteer of the month uh, was the um, welfare uh, officer and assistant club secretary at Farsi Celtic, which is Caroline Harriman. Um, she takes on quite a few roles there. She she does a, a really good job. She's just taken a, a young girl, young fifteen year old girl, under her wing, kind of uh, who's who's got like a dream of being um, involved in football one day. So she's she's uh, letting her um, shadow her on match days and beyond. So Farsi says she's one of the non league football's unsung heroes, and she does fully deserve a lot of credit for the hours that she dedicates to uh, to the club. And there's just so many people out there um, that they do that, which say why I, I I was quite keen to to work with the the National League to make sure these people get an opportunity to be recognised. Absolutely. Every time I've been to Farsley anyway, um, Caroline's always handed out a team sheet and always been very pleasant to us. I think we arrived quite early last time we went to Farsley and she would let us in the bar early before the turnstile was even open and was always very genuine to us. So um, massive well done. And it's a great award scheme, uh, scheme like that, actually. Uh, in some local news, um, congratulations to local girl Holly Aitchinson, who started at Centre for England in the Women's Rugby World Cup final in Auckland. Uh, massive achievement, uh, despite the unfortunate result in what was a very, very close game. Uh, she used to play football for Birkdale United. She did. I, I remember her well. She played in a very successful team. Um, a, a, a really, you know, a really good side. Um, every a few weeks, she'd miss a game to go and uh, go and play rugby. She was always right from the word go, very much into her rugby. But now, uh, a really lovely girl, brilliant sports person, and um, just fantastic to see her gain that recognition. The high love. They were so unlucky. England. Uh, I think it's fair to say the decisions perhaps didn't go their way, um, but um, still a phenomenal achievement and. 
Um, congratulations to Holly and to all the team who've been phenomenal ambassadors for their country. Some other news from around the community. Obviously, we've got the South FC walking football is at June's every Wednesday lunchtime. That's for anyone that's uh, over 40. It's still quite competitive, I believe, as well. I'm actually going to go and uh, go down and, and give it a go when I uh, when I hit that milestone stone pretty soon. Um, there is some other community news I wanted to mention. It's kind of not it's not sport orientated, but I think it's important that we spread the word for some of these um, these projects that are going on. Uh, there's the Sefton Warm Spaces um, Southport Community Centre on Norwood Road are holding a cosy cafe every Friday from ten till four. Uh, you'll be able to get some um, breakfast or lunch, watch a film, play some games in a nice, warm, safe space. They also run a community cafe every Tuesday um, from 10 till 12. They provide some very affordable hot meals um, and uh, a free community library. Uh, they also have community uh, computers and free IT support. So it's all stuff that's worth uh, checking out uh, and spreading the word to those who you think will be able to um, utilize those sessions and need those facilities. Now, Noel, you've got an update on the community teams this week. I do indeed. Um, first of all, before I look at any results or anything, um, it, it was brilliant to see the uh, the photographs of all the community teams paying their respects for Remembrance Sunday. Um, all the teams observed a minute's silence. Um, you're mirroring uh, the commemoration that went on the first team game. It was these things that, that, that unify us, but it was brilliant to see the photos of all the teams paying their respects to those who gave their lives. Uh, in the service of others, particularly in conflicts around the world. Um, Players of the Week, uh, congratulations this week to Adam, Casper, Joshua, Georgia, Mikey, Anderson, Lucas, August and Fraser, uh, Maxi, Isaac, Malik, Connor, and also a team performance from the under-11s, Yellows. And a special mention goes out to the under-7s who were our flag bearers, had a fantastic time and brought, brought us great luck uh, with that game uh, at the weekend against Files League Celtic. It was also nice to see just how respectful those those young uh, children were um, for the uh, period of um, contemplation for, for Remembrance uh, Remembrance Sunday. Uh, the ladies, uh, it was County Cup action, Liverpool County Cup action this weekend. And um, as you may have seen on the socials, it was Groundhog Day, back to older. Um, this weekend, uh, and it was a, a good win, a 5-1 win. They actually came from behind, um, playing um, on a different pitch this week, a much smaller pitch. They just took it. It was a, really strange. It was quite, a, um, I think, bumpy is the technical term. Um, the um, One of the penalty areas was like a crown green. Uh, it was raised above the... Uh, it, was like, it was a bit like it being a clitoro, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. But... Um, they went behind early on with a bizarre own goal. Uh, it was a cross from the right, was uh, intercepted by a defender. Um, looked like it was just going to go out of play for a corner, but hit the post, rebounded off the keeper who had knew nothing about it and went in. Um, and that shot the girls for, for a bit, but they, they came back into it, scored a brilliant equaliser through uh, the skipper, Sophie Burney, really great uh, curling effort from the edge of the area. It's one all at half-time. Um, and then the second half, they really um, pushed on. Um, four goals um, scored, non-conceded, a couple of excellent saves. One um, all on three-one by Nat Sesford, making her first appearance in goal for a number number of years. She had a great game. Um, but yeah, Georgia Davis got uh, two excellent goals, both uh, absolutely screaming strikes. Uh, fantastic finish uh, from Cara Gregory uh, after great work down. The wing by uh, by Emily Norcross, and then uh, the last goal. I always like a good set piece goal because it makes makes me look like I've been doing something right in training when I obviously haven't. Um, but um, the great corner headed in by Charlotte Ross. So five uh, one that sees us through to the next round. More County Cup action this weekend. We actually have a home game. It's our first home game since the start of October, and it's actually our only home game for the rest of 2022. So we're actually at home to Lancaster City Ladies. It should be a fantastic game. 2pm kickoff at Hullsall. All support uh, would be gratefully welcomed by the women and myself. But yes, um, you know, playing really well at the moment, playing some great football. We had um, 
Um, another debutant at the weekend, Blake Kane, made an excellent debut playing in midfield. Uh, and, and uh, yep, just brilliant to see the girls enjoying their football so much. On the academy, um, yes, they have actually had a game, one that hasn't been cancelled. Uh, the last game was against Stockport County. They lost 5-2. Um, it was 2-all at half-time. But the second half, Stockport were um, a much stronger side and ran away with it. But it's it's always good experience. You've got to remember that this team has only come together this year, uh, and many of the, the the players have not played together. So, it, particularly, you know, you'll have picked up over the last few weeks they haven't had a lot of games together. They're only going to get better with more games and and more training together. So, um, definite positive signs, but but obviously work to do. Uh, the next game uh, is away against uh, our uh, local rivals, Tranmere Rovers. And that's on the 16th of November. That's this uh, tomorrow, this Wednesday, 2 o'clock kickoff at their campus training ground. That's great. Thanks, Noel. And then last but not least, we've got an update from Dan about the lottery. Same old update I'm going to give you every week. It's the lottery run by the former Players Association. It's a pound a week. 50% of all the sales comes to the FPA and it's split equally between the FPA and the aforementioned community teams. Uh, £25,000 top prize, £1,000 second, £250 third. And to join, go to sfc1888.uk slash lottery or there's links on the Port Chat forum too. Awesome. Thanks very much. I think it's about time we previewed this week's games. So first up, we have got Kingsland Town. We have indeed. Kingsland Town formed in 2010 as a Phoenix club from the original Kingsland, which many of you will remember. Um, We've played the original club nine times, winning three, drawing four, losing twice. First time the two sides met was September 1980, and we got beat 3-0. We've only faced Kingsland Town on two occasions since they were formed in 2010, but it's an equal equal record. Um, Both sides defeated the other away from home, but never at home. Uh, 2019-20 season was cut short due to COVID, so we only played one league fixture that season, uh, the other one being cancelled. So the first time the two clubs met was January 2013 in the FA Trophy. Tony Matt was in goal, I think, that day. Um, we were a member of the Blue Square Premier at the time, uh, so we were three leagues above Kings Lynn, uh, and we were on the back of a run of 12 games in which we'd only been beaten twice. Uh, Kings Lynn, however, had already been through five rounds of the competition, beating higher-level teams in every round. So when, it, when they got to us, it was by no means a foregone conclusion. And they were very much still in the game until Steve Thames got the winner for us in the 85th minute. Uh, Andy Parry had got the earlier one with a, with a decent strike from 25 yards. So a bit of form for you, because I actually did some notes this week uh, for, for a change. Um, yeah, so Kings Lynn, into the second round of the FA Cup, they'll play Stevenage Town. Um, that's going to be a televised game. It's a big draw for them, and they're treating it as a very big game, 12 days' time, um, as we record this. So hopefully, you know, maybe they'll have their eyes off the ball a bit. Uh, they beat Bedford Town, Kettering Town and Ashington, uh, but most notably and recently Doncaster Rovers uh, to reach the state of the cup. Doncaster, as we speak, in 10th in League 2, so they're no mugs themselves. Um, you know, it's fair to say Kingsland's cup run so far has been very respectable indeed. Uh, in the league, format of the last five is three wins, a draw and a loss. It's exactly the same as Southport's over five games. Um, so they've surrendered uh, a six-point a six lead uh, sorry, a six-point lead to a three-point uh, lead to Brackley Town, but that's only because of the games in hand. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they manage a cup run and a league challenge. It can often cause problems as well, we know, um, but we still probably shouldn't be expecting any favours from them on, on Tuesday night. Um, one to watch would be Christian Oxlade-Chamberlain. Uh, yes, he is related to Alex. He's the younger brother. Uh, he joined recently. He's a right-back, having had a career floating around Southern clubs at a similar level, Portsmouth, Salisbury, for example. Uh, and then he made 39 appearances last term for Aldershot. Um, you know, so all the research, all the form indicating this could be this could be a really tough game for us. Could indeed. So, should we have some predictions then, um, Bondy? Let's go for you first. You're on. Uh, I'm going to go positive because I think we played well the past few weeks, and we played. You know, we played the same as how we played against Brackley. I think we'll be all right. I'm going to go two one to Southport. I am going to match the bond. I I just I actually think, um, and I know that they're a full time side. Uh, and I know they have a very strong squad, but um, I think the nature of a midweek game um, is just going to tip the balance in our favour. And I think we have, are very good at home. I think we are playing well. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. But yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1 to the port. I, yeah, I think I think long way on a Tuesday to travel on Tuesday night. We don't know if they've come up uh, the night before or not. Um 
but I think they are going to be uh, they're buoyant from their kind of recent cup success. Um, I still think one nil to the port. I'm going to be uh, a little bit more cautious. I think I think the only reason they're second is because of the cup run. I think they have got a few injury troubles that uh, I think might swing it in our favour. Um, I, I think they've got a couple of forwards that are out. Um, but I'm probably going to go with a draw. I think I'm going to go one all on this one. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not the best team that we've played this season. I have a sneaking suspicion that football will be the victor at the end of the day. Who would have predicted that? I okay. know. Oh, <laughs> Some things are too easy to predict. I'll have Martin in as well. Go on then. Go on. Oh, sorry. No, I'll, I'll have Max. I don't think football's going to be the real winner. Well, maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking these probably will be the best side of the season. I think it is going to be a tight game. They won't fancy it coming up on a Tuesday night. I know, I know for a fact we've been fancy going down there on a Tuesday night. So I'll, I'm going to go big again. I'm going to go 3-3, free free, I think. And then finally for this preview, uh, we've got Curzon in the FA Trophy on Saturday. I know for a fact we've met these a hell of a lot of time. So, Dan, what have we got for? We've met four familiar faces. Curzon Ashton formed in 1963, merger of two clubs, Curzon Road and Ashton Amateurs. So if you wonder where the name came from, it's from that. Uh, they competed at amateur level until 2014-15 uh, when they joined the Northern Premier League. Uh, they got promoted from the MPL in the first year and they've been in the National League North ever since. We've never lost to Curzon, so there you go, I've jinxed it. Um, if we include the null COVID game in 2020, we've played them nine times, winning three and drawing six. The first time we met was November 2017, a two-all draw away from home, and the last time was in February this year at Haygav, and it was nil-nil. Uh, the attendance has only reached over a 1,000 once when we've played them, and that was the opening game of the 2019 season with another nil-nil draw. Um, but they've got a different face in the dugout this time. In previous years, it's been Mark Bradshaw who played a couple of games for Southport in November, December 2000. He'd been with them a long, long time and he coached pretty much every team from under fives right through to the first team. So we've got a lot of time for people who stick around at clubs and do things like that. But he's been replaced by Adam Lakeland uh, this season. So different face in the dugout for us. Um, plenty of players that we know have played for both clubs. Uh, Mo Ali, Matty Chaloner, Aaron Chalmers, Matty Flynn. Johnny Gorman, Steve Howson, Graham Kelly, Jeff Lomax, Liam Davis, Jordan Lussie, uh, Darren Stevenson, and then obviously in more recent times, Cam Mason and Doug Tharm. And in the current squad is Jordan Richards. Bit of opposition news for you. Um, so uh, Curzon currently down in 19th in the National League North. They've had a fairly difficult league campaign so far. Um, they, they're, they're doing okay in the cup though all the teams in the, in the cup at the minute they beat Peterborough Sports not so long ago and they drew against Cambridge United 0-0 at home uh, the replay uh, will be tonight on the Tuesday as you listen to this um, so that's going to be a really tough game for them which hopefully may serve us well uh, at the weekend so 19 for the league they haven't scored a goal in their last three league games and they're without a league win since last October uh, when they beat Boston United away uh, one to watch Tom Pears, their leading scorer, he's on loan from Altrincham. Awesome. So, uh, for this one, let's get some predictions and maybe should we spice it up a bit? And who do you want in the next round if you are predicting a Southport victory? Um, James, you're on my screen now. Uh, well, I, I predict football will be the winner. Who do I want in the next round? Um, ooh, someone easy locally away. That's, I'll, I'll take someone eat like you know. I don't. I don't still know. I don't know who's still in it at this. Uh, you know, I'll take take Marine. I can't like go into Marine if they're still in it. I don't know if they are. Uh, I'd probably want a lower league opposition as well. Um, in terms of how I think we'll do, obviously I think we'll win. Um, um, I don't think it'll be a massively high scoring game. Uh, maybe two nil. Um, I think the crowd's going to be low on Saturday, unfortunately, because it's FA Trophy. It means all pay, so you know it, it usually lowers the crowd a little bit. And like I say, we've we've not had over a thousand for for well, we've only only had it once over a thousand against them. So I'm not anticipating they'll bring a huge amount with them. So I'm going to yeah, I'm going to go for two 0 I'm going to go for another four nil victory. Um, and uh, who do I want in the next round? Oh, I think Lewis is still in it. I'd like Lewis. Um, bit of a vested interest. I've got a colleague that is a that's the the Lewis me. Um, 
does the uh, kind of music and announcing so it'd be nice to go and pay them a visit and they have awesome little beach huts as well um at uh at their ground in fact it's, it's a community-owned club well worth a, a check out so I'd, I'd fancy somewhere like that yeah i highly recommend the drink it's a fantastic little ground absolutely fantastic lewis have got bogner regis town tomorrow and marine have scarborough uh, sorry, not tomorrow. On Saturday. Uh, on Saturday. Sorry. I, I think I think it's going to be a win for the Port, and I am going to go for a three-nil victory. And who would I like in the next round? I'll tell you who I'd like in the next round. I'd like either Colm, because it's a brilliant day out, even though it's an absolute murder getting up that hill, or I'd like Leak Town. And do you know why I'd like one of those two? Because that means that they've either not filed or they've not Chorley out. Friends. I've not been but to no, Leak for not, years. I know. Did, did you know? Hey, do, um, do, you, do you remember who had a great physique that hasn't uh, played for Leak? That would be, yes. <laughs> um, Colm's a really good day, day out, actually. We, we played there uh, in the trophy a number of years ago, as I recall. And, um, 2019, yeah. Yeah, and they've got lots of little micro pubs and things. They're just The only problem is it's very hilly. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, for a free one win for Southport, and I'm going to one in the next round. I think if I had to pick one side, I'd pick um, Oldham away, purely because of how enormous that club is, and you know one of the you know teams that's played in the Premier League, the first one that's played in the Premier League and fallen into non-league. I'd love them away. Currently in the relegation zone at the moment, you no. Know? So yeah, they yeah. could be they could be a regular could, feature in the calendar next season. We could beat them, I reckon. And uh, finish it off. I'll go with a uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. These are half decent side at the end of the day. That you wouldn't have drawn nil nil with Cambridge and go natural replay without being decent. Hopefully that'll tire them out. But I'll go one nil Southport. And yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Dan. I want an Oldham and Notts County, even Scunthorpe, providing Carver scores an own goal. That'll be that'll be pretty nice. Um, just yeah, it'll be typical Southport though. Are we all ready to go off to Darlington in December? That wouldn't shock me. And yep, last but not least, uh, Dan, you've got an update on the key info for another two of our 12,000 home games um, in November. Um, yep, some key info for the game. So obviously tickets, um, obviously we've got Tuesday game, quarter to eight to kick off, and they start a game at three o'clock kickoff. Obviously tickets can be bought in advance on the website, as well as being bought on the day, either in a club shop or in the bar, if you want to buy it with your pint. Obviously, it's the same prices as usual. So, 15 for adults if you want to sit down and 13.50 in the terrace. Concessions are 11 in the main stand and 10 on the Jack Carr at the popular terrace. And the juniors are six and five, respectively. And under 12s are free with a paying adult. I think, I think it's worth mentioning with regard to um, tickets for this Saturday that this game is not covered by season tickets because it is an yes, FA competition. Yes, So you will have it's to It's also buy. worth mentioning, because I haven't seen it mentioned yet by the club itself, that this is these two games are the first two of five home games that we've got whilst the Premier League is suspended. So it's a real marketing opportunity. So you've got no excuses. If you listen to this as a casual supporter and you're a fan of a Premiership club, there is no Premier League football until Christmas now. We've got five home games, and these are the first two. Absolutely, completely agree with that. Um, obviously, travelling to Hagar, pretty much the same as usual. It's street parking only. And obviously, the nearest train station is Mills Cop, or there's a, uh, the, the 44 bus does go past Hagar. Um, I'd obviously recommend getting there nice and early so and get in the ground, get get your best spot, get some food, get a drink, and obviously go to the bar. And watch, uh, obviously, there's no early kickoff because there's no Premier League. Um, but I'm sure something will be on the telly, some cricket, something. Like I'm not too sure. Obviously, I don't believe there's any uh, disruption, any strikes. I believe the strikes are, ironically, the first away game we have after these 12 million home games. The first away game we have in Kettering is a strike day, but, you know, I've decided to drive. Um, the programmes you can also get inside the ground, they are £3 if you want them printed. There's lots of programme sellers around the ground to purchase the programme off. Or you can get the PDF copy for £2. Obviously, if you are a Kings Town fan or a Curzon Ashton fan and you haven't tried Lord's Deli yet or you haven't been to our ground yet, I would recommend trying it because the food is absolutely fantastic. That's really Definitely, completely agree. You can also get hospitality 
Um, obviously, if you are upgrading from a season ticket, you can get it for 30 quid. I don't know if that includes the trophy game, though, because obviously it is obviously a separate ticketing thing because obviously your ticket isn't included for the FA trophy game in your season ticket. Obviously, you do get a two-course meal uh, before the match, printed program on the team sheet, the best seats on the house in the main stand on the halfway line, half-time, tea and coffee, obviously you get well looked after, and you get to see the man of the match presentation after the game. Um, that's about it. Oh, is it? Is it? I've I've literally just only just scrolled to the bottom of the uh, soft script and noticed that it is my turn to sign us out uh, for the week. So thank you for lending us your ears and showering us with your love for another week. That's all from me. Bond, Mike, Dan, Noel, and the birthday boy, Mr. Cave. All that's left to say is, Buenas Natchez. Bonit. Happy birthday, Good Cave. Night. Happy birthday, Cave. Go on, lad. Birthday, lad. <laughs> and good night.